This is Brent Foster, founder and CEO of Northbound Wealth Management and your host of the Northbound Wealth Weekly Market Insights Podcast. On Monday, September 12, 2022, my firm was the Eagle sponsor and host of the first annual Northbound Health, The Promise of Life Golf Outing at Eagle Creek Golf Club in Indianapolis, Indiana. The rain held off for a great day of golf and activities. We had 66 golfers and over 35 corporate, community, and individual sponsors raising over $24,000 for Northbound Health. The money will go towards their mission of providing transformative health care to individuals that have life-altering medical conditions or injury. On behalf of Northbound Health's founder and executive director, Dr. Nora Foster, I want to take an opportunity to recognize and say thank you to all the golfers and corporate sponsors that made this event special beginning with General Manager and Director of Golf, Matt Parrott. He and his team helped organize and deliver a great outing experience. I highly recommend Eagle Creek Golf Club for anyone looking to hold a charity golf outing event. I also want to thank the Chairman of the Board of Northbound Health and President of Epic Insurance Midwest, Mr. Jim Hines and his wife, Lori. Nora and I couldn't have done it without your support and dedication. Thank you. I also want to give a big thank you to the Northbound Health team for putting on a great event. Finally, I want to thank and recognize all the following sponsors of the first annual Northbound Health Promise of Life Golf Outing. The Eagle sponsor, Northbound Wealth Management, Birdie sponsors, Epic Insurance in Midwest, Avalana Web Design Group, and Selective Insurance Group. Hole and Hazard sponsors, Amerisher, Black Ink IT, Eastern Alliance Insurance, the Integrative Veterinary Clinic, Jam Printing and Promotions, Navigate Care Services, Neff Automation, New Motion, the Parrot Family, Prevail Prosthetics and Orthotics, Ray Skillman Ford, Secura Insurance, Travelers Insurance, Sunrise Medical, Target Mobility. Our CART sponsor, Hanover Insurance Group, Driving Rain sponsor, Epic Insurance Midwest, Beverage CART sponsors, Penske Honda, Buchanan and Bruggenschmidt PC, Indiana Farmers Insurance, Security Federal Savings Bank, the Seaback Family, Silent Auction and Prize sponsors, Eagle Creek Golf Club, Mallow Run Winery, Urban Vines Winery, Ale Emporium, Giacomo Upper Crust Pizza, Christopher Nichols, and Bridgewater Golf Club. Special guests, the Stretch Lab of North Indy. Great job, guys. And Real Systems, great job with you being there on site. Your support and engagement are critical to the sustainability of Northbound Health and serving those with life-altering injuries. In expanding services, acquiring equipment, hiring more staff, and reaching more people. Please join me in supporting Northbound Health as you consider your own charitable giving, whether that's an in-kind donation of stock, direct donations, equipment, or simply volunteering. They need your support. And mark your calendars for the second annual The Promise of Life Golf Outing, which takes place on September 11th, 2023 at Eagle Creek Golf Club in Indianapolis, Indiana. If you're wondering how you could help or support Northbound Health, please reach out to Dr. Nora Foster by phone at 317-504-7503. Again, 317-504-7503 or 
email her at nfoster at northboundhealth.org. That's nfoster at northboundhealth.org or by visiting Northbound Health's website at www.northboundhealth.org. Hey, this is Brent Foster, podcast host of the Northbound Wealth Weekly Market Insights. I'm also the founder and CEO of Northbound Wealth Management. So check us out, www.northboundwealth.com for more information and resources around personal finance and investing. In a holiday shortened week of trading, stocks posted healthy gains despite more tough talk on monetary policy from Fed officials. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 2.66%, while the S&P 500 gained 3.65%. The NASDAQ Composite Index picked up 4.14% for the week, and the MSCI EFA Index, which tracks developed overseas stock markets, lost 1.26%. So the Dow closed at 32,151 on Friday. Year to date, that's down 11.52%. The NASDAQ closed at 12,112 on Friday, which is down 22.58% for the year. MSCI EFA index closed at 1,800. That's down 22.93% for the year. And the S&P 500 closed at 4,067, which is down 14.66% for the year. The 10-year treasury note closed at 3.33% or year to date, that's up 1.81%. Now, this week, what's interesting is the 10-year is trading at like 3.81%. That's substantially higher than the close on Friday. So that's a notable move. <clears throat> Stocks rise last week. Um, anyone paying attention to the markets this week, that's the opposite of what happened last week. So uh, yesterday by itself was a significant down day of 3 to 4 or 5%, depending on which markets you're looking at. So Stocks fell coming off the Labor Day weekend, dragged down by news that Russia was cutting off natural gas supplies to its European customers. Stocks also were under pressure due to a surprisingly strong report on business conditions, which heightened fears of a continued Fed hawkishness. Sentiment quickly improved as bond yields turned lower and oil prices fell. Investors reacted positively to comments by Fed Chair Lael Brainer, who reiterated the Fed's commitment to squashing inflation while acknowledging the risks of going too far. Stocks added to their gains on Thursday as the market digested another speech from Fed Chair Powell and a 75 basis point hike by the European Central Bank. The market surged on Friday amid little news, no inflation walkback. In his first public comment since his speech at Jackson Hole, that sent markets into a tailspin, Fed Chair Powell did not seek to soften the edges of the Fed's commitment to fighting inflation. In an interview on Thursday, Powell reaffirmed the need for sustained and robust actions to bring down inflation. He emphasized that it was critical that the, quote, longer inflation remains well above target, the greater the risk the public does begin to see higher inflation as the norm. And that has the capacity to really raise the cost of getting inflation down. With the FOMC set to meet uh, September 20th through 21st, these comments may indicate that the market expectations of a rate hike of 75 basis points or 0.75% this month align with the Fed's plans. This week, key economic data. Tuesday was the consumer price index, which, by the way, posted an 8.3% 
inflation rate, which every the economists were expecting 8.1%. That's important because inflation is staying high even in the face of the Fed raising interest rates. Now, it's a bit in lag, so we'll see what happens at the end of next month to see if inflation is actually going to come down. It should because oil has come down, and that's a big part of the weighting of the consumer price index. Wednesday is the producer price index. Thursday, retail sales, industrial production, jobless claims, and Friday is consumer sentiment, which hopefully is getting better after posting some of the lowest uh, consumer confidence ratings in all of history since the Great Depression. So hopefully that's starting to come back up. So companies reporting earnings this week. There's not a whole mu- a whole lot going on. Uh, on Monday, Oracle reported and it was blase. Um, nothing to write home about. Um, that wraps it up for, for the review of last week for the Weekly Market Insights. Stay tuned for more. Alphabet's home invasion. Really interesting article written by the Daily Upside. I really like the Daily Upside. I get it every day. I like to look at what the news is that these guys are writing about. It's written by Sean Craig, Pat Trousdale, and Brian Boyle. Pretty entertaining. I also like uh, Morning Brew. So Maybe you guys have heard me mention it, but check out Morning Brew and The Daily Upside. Those are two things I like getting in my inbox. But this one uh, written by The Daily Upside, and it has to do with uh, Alphabet or State Farm. Sorry, (laughs) State Farm ponies up $1.5 billion for an investment into the security company called ADT. And uh, I really like how they write this. It says, like an ultra-rich neighbor, State Farm is there. The Bloomington, Illinois-based insurer will spend $1.2 billion to acquire 133 million shares of home security giant ADT, representing 15% of the company at a price of $9 per share. State Farm will also invest up to $300 million to fund product innovation and customer acquisition. For ADT, the neighborhood is growing fast too. Alphabet, Google's parent company, and already a 6.6% owner of ADT, is simultaneously plunking down another $150 million commitment to fund engineering, design, and marketing initiatives at the home security company. So what's behind the home invasion? Well, home is where the money is. Few types of businesses hold the keys to your personal kingdom, quite like your home security provider. The opportunities to upsell, cross-sell, and downsell other products and services are practically endless. For big tech, the desire to to more tightly integrate with customers' lives has been fueled by this buying spree. Google made one of the first large moves with the acquisition of Nest, for $3.2 billion in 2014. <clears throat> and Amazon famously purchased Ring, maker of video doorbells, for $1 billion in 2018. ADT itself acquired SunPro Solar, an installer of residential solar panels, in a deal valued at $825 million. With the State Farm deal, ADT gets a neighbor with an especially large tool shed to create all sorts of efficiencies. The nearly 150-year-old 
security giant will tap State Farm's 19,400 captive agents to sell its services, a massive and efficient new channel. ADT also hopes to improve customer retention from the current average of eight years versus State Farm's 20 for customers who bundle home and auto insurance plans. Those catchy jingles really do work. While discounts on home insurance for customers with home security are nothing new, State Farm plans to double down to prevent losses before they occur, instead of simply handling uh, recoveries after the fact. Mayhem travels. So ADT is also in the process of rolling out a partnership with Uber, which also uh, which will allow riders to contact a safety agent in real time via text or phone. The quote live help and quote feature is designed for situations that aren't quite considered an emergency when 911 is the proper choice, but do still make the riders feel unsafe. After all, for some folks, Uber has become a home away from home. Ultra-rich Americans seek refuge in offshore accounts. In 2010, President Obama broke the hearts of tax-hating gazillionaires everywhere when he passed the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, or FATCA, which requires banks around the world to report the accounts and assets of U.S. clients to the IRS. But as they say, one door closes and another opens. A new report from the Senate Finance Committee sheds light on how ridiculously easy it is for rich Americans to exploit a loophole in the U.S. law to shield vast amounts of income. Offshore assets, onshore perks. There are only two uh, countries in the world with tax regimes based in, on citizenship instead of residency, the United States and the Horn of Africa's Eritrea or Eritrea. I don't even know how to say it, whatever. The, uh, that means when someone from Topeka, Kansas decamps for a lucrative new job in Paris, they are still on the hook for taxes with Uncle Sam, subject to certain allowable credits. But according to the Senate report, skirting FATCA is as easy as Sunday morning in the Caribbean. First, Tax dodgers can set up shell companies and register them with the IRS as offshore financial institutions. From there, the IRS issues what's known as a Global Intermediary Identification Number, or GIIN, which relieves the banks of their duty to investigate whether they are owned by a U.S. citizen. According to the report, there are hundreds of thousands of entities with GIINs in domiciles like the Caymans and the British Virgin Islands. The agency noted, isn't it, it's extraordinarily difficult to do meaningful due diligence on these entities. The Senate report sprang from an investigation into Robert Brockman, the now deceased software billionaire who was subject to the largest tax evasion case against a single person in U.S. history. The report asserted that Brockman hid $2 billion from the IRS using Swiss banks that determined no further review, identification, or reporting is required with respect to the accounts or accounts or accounts or probably many accounts with that kind of money. Brockman, who named his 209-foot yacht Turmoil, died on August 1st at the age of 81. So... There you have it. Very interesting articles published uh, on the daily by uh, the Daily Upside. So I would highly encourage all of you to check it out. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. 
Again, that article that I just uh, shared with you is written by Sean Craig, Pat Trousdale, and Brian Boyle. Good work. Keep it up. A daily Upside with another uh, great headline article. Uh, Apple's iPhone event delivers one welcome surprise for consumers. As the old proverb has it, an Apple iPhone event a year makes the Steve Jobs fanboys appear. But does anyone else still care? On Wednesday, the Kings of Cupertino held the Apple Far Out livestream event, unveiling new editions of their iPhone, Apple Watch, and AirPods. In a world with rapid inflation in which everyone and their mothers and their mother's mothers already also own a perfectly usable smartphone, can Apple convince enough consumers that it's worth spending big bucks on incremental upgrades? Great question. And now <clears throat> my Apple Watch has ended. All in all, the live stream stood out for its unusually high production values as if the Apple TV folks who gave us severance had something to do with it. The big surprise came when Apple announced prices identical to last year's iPhone 13 release after insider reports in recent weeks suggested it would raise prices to keep pace with inflation and beefier hardware. The entry-level tier starts at $799, while the Pro Max will still start at around $1,099. The decision to keep the consumer prices down for its flagship product should help Apple maintain a competitive edge in the smartphone market, though the company is still launching one new high-priced premium product. <clears throat> Apple asked suppliers to manufacture 90 million new iPhone 14s, Bloomberg reported in August, which matches the amount it ordered for the iPhone 13 last year. The massive order suggests that Apple is confident its relatively affluent customer base will continue to spend even as the global mobile phone market shrank 9% in June and is likely to slip 3.5% overall this year, according to market intelligence from IDC. Apple also announced the Apple Watch Ultra, a high-powered smartwatch that will launch an eye-popping $799, by far its most expensive entry in the product class. Meanwhile, the new standard line Series 8 watch will run at $399, the same as last year's Series 7 edition. And the new AirPod Pro 2 models will uh, retain last edition's $249 price point. So what's the win? What's the, what's the benefit? Well, I win. The new product line comes at a momentous time for Apple. iPhones have seized over 50% of the U.S. smartphone uh, market share from Android competitors, the Financial Times reported last week using data from CounterPoint Research. It's the company's largest share since the iPhone launched in 2007. Um, I think Apple is here to stay and they'll continue to just kill it on profit margins. So we just went over the daily upside and how I like to subscribe and read that. I also mentioned The Morning Brew and I subscribe to it, watch it, read it every day. Um, the Morning Brew is a daily newsletter uh, from Wall Street to Silicon Valley, informative, witty, everything you need to know to start your day. So check it out and uh, hit the subscribe button. And if you don't like it, just unsubscribe <laughs> or delete it or something like that. But what they do is they 
they cover like the latest news in the business world, tech world, and the world world. And you'll get it about 6 a.m. in the morning, Eastern time, every single morning. And so uh, they, this the latest one today talks about um, El Salvador and Bitcoin and articles covering like the NASA launch uh, of the rocket and Jewel and its lawsuit settlements, uh, which was 440 million. Um, California and its heat wave, Russia and buying weapons. This one guy who his name's Leonard Glenn Francis. And today, let me remind you, is the 7th of September. So I'm looking at this ahead of when I might release this podcast. But a Malaysian defense contractor, Leonard Glenn Francis, he pled guilty in 2015 to the worst corruption scandal in U.S. Navy history. He escaped from San Diego house arrest weeks ahead of his September 22nd sentencing date. That's like this month, uh, a few weeks. Uh, officers who arrived at the house discovered that it was vacant and that Francis, nicknamed Fat Leonard, had cut off his GPS monitoring bracelet. Neighbors told authorities that uh, the, the U-Haul trucks were outside of the property in the days leading up to the escape. What did Fat Leonard do? Or at least for at least a decade, what he did was his company, Glenn Defense Marine Asia, provided the U.S. Navy ships and submarines import with necessary items and services like food, fuel, and waste removal. But through bribes and false invoices, the company overcharged the military by almost $35 million. Following a 2013 sting investigation, Francis pled guilty to bribing Navy officials with $500,000 in cash, along with sex parties, alcohol, and even Lady Gaga tickets. Hundreds of military personnel were investigated in the scandal, including 60 admirals. Francis, who faced up to 25 years behind bars, was placed on house arrest in 2018 following a bout with kidney cancer. U.S. Marshals say he could be anywhere. So they write this stuff up. Um, I haven't fact-checked any of it, but I just it's stuff like that that's just interesting. That has really nothing to do with the market or market insights. But um, it's still very interesting. <laughs> Read at your own risk and enjoy the Daily Upside of Morning Brew. If you've never gone out to this website, you need to. It is called the U.S. Debt clock.org so usdebtclock.org go to that website and uh, you can just google us debt clock and you will be fascinated as to what you see so base basically you see all these clocks with calculus that flows into it. it's like a dashboard when you look at it the us national debt is 30.8 trillion dollars Debt per citizen is $92,000 and change. Debt per taxpayer is $245,000. U.S. federal spending, the official number, $5.9 trillion. U.S. federal debt or uh, budget deficit. U.S. federal budget deficit is $1.4 trillion. So the U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio 
1960, 52.46%, 1980, 34.66%, Is that sustainable? Let me ask you that question. Is that sustainable? And the answer to that is no, it's not. It's only sustainable if the if those numbers are a lot lower. Holy cow. So let's take a look at the largest budget items. Medicare, Medicaid, $1.4 trillion. Social Security, $1.1 trillion. Defense or war, $757 billion. It's amazing. It's just unbelievable. And check this out. Unfunded debt. U.S. total interest paid, $3.4 trillion. So interest per adult, they have this broken down, 13352 So $13,352 in interest per adult. Um, student loan debt is a $1.7, almost $1.8 trillion problem. U.S. credit card debt is $1.1 trillion. So per... Uh, per holder of credit debt, that's about seven grand is what people carry in credit card debt. On the student loan side, per student, it's about $40,000 per student. So forgiving 10 grand of that, I mean, what did we really do? Um, it's, It's interesting when you look at this debt clock. Uh, U.S. debt held by foreign countries. I thought this is interesting from a trade balance perspective. $7.4 trillion. It's, uh, you know, it's it's just so much is in the trillions out of the hundreds of billions, but trillions, it's amazing. Um, so uh, U.S. federal tax revenue. So let's look at the other side of the balance sheet. Revenues coming in 4.4 trillion, revenue per citizen 13.38 or $13,380 revenue per citizen. Um, Let's see, US gross domestic product or GDP is uh, 24 trillion. Let's see, let's see, make sure this is right. So there's, yeah, it is, it's 24 million US gross domestic product. It's how much we're producing. So this here's one for personal finance. Savings per family, $7,780 is what uh, this debt clock has uh, in savings. Total state revenues, uh, $2.2 trillion. Total local revenue, $1.5 uh, trillion dollars and social security liability. So what the outlay is $22 trillion outlay. And it's just moving like crazy. Medicare liability outlay $34 trillion U S unfunded liabilities, unfunded $171 trillion. So the liability per citizen is $514,000. You can download the app on this thing, or you can just go out to your browser to the usdebtclock.org. 
if you want to get depressed about how fiscally responsible we are and we're not. And I just, again, just heard Jay Powell in an interview at a conference today um, agree with the person interviewing him, just said that spending packages, the way that we're spending money is unsustainable. So at what point are we going to become responsible fiscally and in making sure our house is in order so that we can be in good shape for our children and our children's children and as a nation? I think it's a good time to be reminded about where we're at and, uh, you know, maybe making some, some votes which influence what leaders do and decide to do that is going to maybe put us back on track. But at this clip, it's unsustainable. So when are we going to make an adjustment? Anyway, that's your food for thought for this week. And uh, until next week, we'll talk to you soon. by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management, LLC. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment, tax, or legal advice, or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management, LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. 